0: My name is Vicki James, and this is Murder Sandwich, a true crime and mystery podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and if you're new here, then we cover true crime and mystery cases that tickle our fancy, and sometimes I'm flying solo, or sometimes I'm with a guest host. With that, welcome Devin. Hello. Who was with me on our Robert Picton episodes, I think three and four, and so she's back for another sandwich. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to cover the Taconic State Parkway crash, which actually a listener told me about. So if anyone else has any cases they'd like to hear me cover, then make sure to DM me on Instagram at Murder Sandwich Podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to leave us a rating if you're on a streaming platform that has that feature like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and get the word out there on this sandwich. With that, go grab your favorite one and let's mow down on some true crime. Okay, so Diane Schuler. she was born November 13th, 1972 in Floral Park, New York. And she actually has four brothers and was estranged with her mother at a pretty young age. And she never really reunited with her, but her brothers did. Other than that, there's not like a ton about her history, but it is said that, you know, her relationship with her mom like really affected her. So way later in life, we're now Diane's thirty-six and she's now married to Daniel Schuler, and they have two kids together. So they have a five-year-old son named Brian, and then they have a two-year-old daughter named Erin. And they are camping on the weekend of July 24th to 26th in 2009, and they're at Hunter Lake Campground, which is in Parksville, New York. So she's camping with themselves and then she also has her three nieces so these are her brother's three daughters and there are eight-year-old emma seven-year-old allison and five-year-old kate so their camping trip is over it's on the sunday now and diane and daniel are leaving the campground at the same time around like 9 30 in the morning and diane is leaving in her brother's 2003 red ford Windstar with all of the children and then daniel is leaving in a pickup truck with the family dog And they're all heading back to their home in West Babylon, which is about like two and a half hours from where the campground is located in New York, the state of New York. (laughs) So on the way, Diane stops at McDonald's. She gets like a few burgers for the kids. She gets an orange juice. And then she also goes to a Sunco gas station in Liberty, New York, which is only like 15 minutes from the campground. And the surveillance video there does show Diane arriving and leaving the gas station. And she actually did go inside, but there's no audio, like just the video. And there's reports that she asked for like over-the-counter pain relief medication. But they didn't sell any, so she didn't actually get any. So Diane leaves Liberty, New York just after 11 a.m. And this is when she's traveling alone on the Route 17 or Interstate 86. And she's going through the New York Thruway, which is Interstate 87, And she's entering the Ramapo-Sloatsburg service area and crossing the Tappan Zee Bridge heading east. If that makes sense to anyone in the state of New York, that's we don't even have interstates in Canada. Or directionally, even (laughs) yeah. Like when someone says "go east," that means like literally nothing to me. I know.
1: I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I put it in there, and I was like, I hope that makes sense to someone, (laughs) but that someone is not me or me. So, several witnesses later reported seeing the red minivan driving aggressively on Route 17, or or Interstate 86 and 87. And the reports include, you know, aggressive tailgating, she's flashing her headlights, honking the horn, like, just moving in and out of lanes, passing people aggressively. And sometimes she's just straddling two lanes, like, all at once, which is just weird. (laughs) So at 11.37 a.m., Diane calls her brother, who's the father of the three girls, and his name is Warren Hans. And so she calls from the van and she told him that they were being delayed due to traffic. And then according to the police report, Diane was seen by witnesses at approximately 11.40 a.m. by the side of the road with her hands on her knees as if she was like vomiting. And she was seen again in the same position just a short time later further down the interstate. So why is she puking so much? It's weird. She fucked up. (laughs) At 1 p.m., another call is made to Warren from Diane's phone. But this time, it's actually one of the girls calling him. And she's in the back of the car. And she's saying that her, like, Auntie Diane is trouble seeing. She can't see clearly. She's, like, disoriented. So then Diane tells Warren on the phone, yeah, like, I can't see what's going on. Like, I'm disoriented. I'm confused. So he's like, okay, like, pull over to the side of the road and, like, I'll come to you. She, like, police figured that she was stopped off this, like, certain pull-off area by the Tappan Zee Bridge, and so he's on his way there. So Warren tried calling Diane back multiple times, but she never answered because she had actually left her cell phone on that side of the highway, and a motorist, like, found it later. She just was like, peace out. I'm going to leave the phone here. Suspect. Yeah, red flag number one. Investigators have not really determined the exact route that Diane took to the Taconic State Parkway, but around 1.30 p.m., two people called 911 after noticing her van edging into the parkway's northbound exit ramp. So this exit ramp had two huge signs. It said, do not enter and one way. And then within the next minute, four more calls to 911 were done by motorists who reported that a car was traveling the wrong way down the parkway going approximately 121 to 137 kilometers an hour, which is about 75 to 85 miles an hour. And the van traveled south for a few kilometers in the parkway's northbound passing lane before colliding head-on at approximately 1.35 p.m. with a 2004 Chevy Trailblazer, which then struck a 2002 Chevy Tracker, and at the time of the impact, Diane was traveling about 137 kilometers, or 85 miles per hour. The entire event took less than three minutes. Two men witnessed the accident, and smoke was rising out of the van, so they got out to assist the occupants. After removing Diane from the van, the two men saw a large, broken, absolute vodka bottle by the driver's side, and the men tried to pull the girls out of the van and noted that they had no pulse. The children were no longer fastened to any seatbelts, and so they had been thrown together within the vehicle, and therefore the men didn't notice Diane's son, Brian, who was stuck under another one of the kids, and he ended up being the only survivor in the crash. So seven out of the eleven people involved in the crash were pronounced dead at the scene, and one would later die in the hospital, so the total casualties were eight. Dan Schuler and her daughter Erin and two of her nieces were likely killed instantly, and the children had been in the back seat but were not secured in car seats, nor did they appear to even be wearing seatbelts. What the hell? So that means that in one of the stops before she crashed. She had to have taken the kids out of the seatbelts and the car seats.
1: or Yeah, she just – maybe they were never buckled in. They went to the drive-thru at McDonald's, like maybe from the fucking get-go. They just were unbuckled, having a little fam jam in the back of the van.
0: (laughs) And people did report that when she – was, like, doing all this erratic driving on the other side of the road that she looked very calm. Like, she didn't look scared or freaked out at all. Like, she knew what she was doing. Which, like, would you be in that state of mind? Hell no. <laughs> like, you're driving on the other side of the road on a freeway. I'd be panicking and also
1: not driving at that <laughs> high speed. <laughs> right <laughs> i'd
0: be like holy crap so unfortunately the three passengers in the trailblazer they were 81 michael bastardi his 49 year old son guy and then their friend dan longo who was 74 and they were all killed on impact as well the two passengers and the tracker thankfully only received minor injuries and then Diane's five-year-old son, Brian, and then one of the nieces initially survived the crash when they were taken to the hospital. But unfortunately, Brian would be the sole survivor. Um, but he suffered like really bad, severe head trauma and several broken bones. And he remained hospitalized before returning home the following October. So he was in the hospital like July, August, like three months. So it's a long time. And he ended up having eyesight issues too, right? Yeah, he has an eyesight issue problem, yeah. So, the investigation drew – this was nationwide coverage. I don't know if you remember hearing about this in 2006. No. I think – I definitely – I think I did hear about it back then, but – or I've listened to a podcast or something of it. My family never watched the news or anything like that, so – Yeah, my family did. Yeah. I never heard about it. My mom liked to be in, like, an induced panic at all times from watching the news, so (laughs) – Probably one of the reasons why I don't really watch the news, though. No. So one of the main points of this whole investigation of this accident is that Diane's wife, Daniel, he just disagreed with the conclusion that she was heavily intoxicated at the time of the crash. A toxicology report did end up getting released on August 14th by the Westchester County Medical Examiners, and they found that Diane's blood alcohol levels were at .19% and approximately six grams of alcohol in her stomach that had not even been absorbed into her blood yet. And so the blood alcohol legal limit in the state of New York is .08. So it's like two and a half times the legal limit. And she had about like, what, six or seven drinks? in her stomach that hadn't even been absorbed. So she was drinking very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) like Very quickly. The report also said that Diana had high levels of THC in her system as well. So that means she could have smoked some weed as recently as 15 minutes prior to the accident. It could be a little bit longer depending, I'm sure, but like up, you know, whatever. Around that time. Around that time. Yeah. So she was crunk. Yeah, she was a little crunk. Like, all all respect to the families of the lost people. But, like, she was, like, wasted. Yeah. So shortly after the toxicology report was released, on August 8th, there was a press conference with Daniel and his attorney, Dominic Barbara. I think that's why – I don't know if it's Barbara or Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you could hear the hesitation in my voice. Barbara, Barbara, let's just do Barbara. That's what we're going to go with. So they initially denied that Diane did any drugs or any drinking and they were not drinking at the weekend that they went to the campground because they had all these children with them. They had like
1: five kids with them. Sober living. You wouldn't drink when you've got, you know, a
0: kid in your care,
1: but driving down the highway. I mean, sure. (laughs)
0: Like Totally. Yeah, that's great. So Daniel changed his story a few times, um but it you know him consistently denying that she never drank turned into well, she didn't drink ever to excess was mm-hmm. what he kept saying that was his most favorite
1: quote, which it's like I guess that's a matter of opinion, yeah, like what's success, yeah, or maybe like he was around people that had issues or maybe totally who knows you could have an issue with something and have a
0: totally different understanding of what excessive looks like to me, yeah. It could be anything. And if you don't think someone's like uh has a problem with alcohol, you really don't pay attention to even how much they're drinking. A hundred percent. You know, like whatever. If it's normalized
1: to him, then he might not think anything of it. And maybe he never really saw her drink in excess. Like like we talked about earlier, she could have been a functioning alcoholic and I was just about to say that hidden it really well. Some people don't have marriages. Or relationships that are, like, very involved. How much did they see each other even though they had kids? It really means nothing. And And there are reports that he
0: was, like, a little distant.
1: Yeah. And, like, I feel like with the pressures of the world and – The accessibility to alcohol as well, like it's often looked past for things that could be a problem. I feel like in in this society, at least, it's just very accepted, which is super weird because alcoholism is no different than any other addiction. So maybe he didn't even realize that it's an issue. It's so normalized.
0: Yeah, it's true. Daniel did end up hiring a PI and his name is Tom Ruskin. And we're going to hear about him a lot. So get used to Tom Ruskin. <laughs> he actually goes on Oprah, but he's on behalf of Daniel. So it's really only him involved in the interview. And just about three weeks before that, both of them went on Larry King. And when asked about the vodka that was spotted in the van, they just claimed that they always kept an old bottle in their camping like trailer and that he said that Diane did all the packing for the entire camping trip. So she must have like moved it to the van at some point without him noticing so like anyway like just bizarre (laughs) i can't handle it might need to catch this on the ride (laughs) yeah put it up in the front seat with me ridiculous so we're actually going to listen to larry king and the oprah's interview i think that they're pretty interesting so Mm -hmm. we will listen to it and talk about it after
2: all right tom ruskin you're the uh, investigator on behalf of daniel
3: what have you found What we found is everything contrary to the fact that she was drinking that day. We found that she left the campground at around 930. Daniel left right in front of her. At that point in time, they proceeded, uh, Diane and the kids proceeded to the McDonald's. The police have said that in analyzing the video from McDonald's that day, that they see nothing unusual in in her behavior. We know she was at McDonald's till 1040 that morning. We found my firm. And my investigators found in a convenience store right in close proximity to the McDonald's. We found that Diane pulls in with the minivan owned by her brother and enters that convenience store after filling up her car or the minivan with gas. She proceeds and she looks around the store looking for something. She then comes back and you see her very clearly on the video engaging the store clerk in a conversation The store clerk has given us a statement which says that he independently remembers Diane Shuler. He didn't know it was the woman involved in the Taconic Parkway accident. He remembers her. And he picked her out of the video as we were going through the video of that day. He said that's the woman who came in and was looking for Tylenol or Advil gel caps. He didn't have it. She departs. And you see her very clearly walking in and walking out of that store what appears to be a totally normal walk and gaunt and getting back into the car and leaving. We then know that she proceeded down uh, Route 17 eastbound. All right, Tom. Yeah.
2: That's, that's very indicative, and you're a veteran investigator. Yes. So it's your conclusion that the medical examiner is totally wrong. The New York police, the Police Division, state police, are totally wrong.
3: Everybody is wrong but you. I'm not I'm not saying that she didn't have alcohol in her system. I haven't been able to determine that one way or the other. Daniel Shuler and the Shuler family felt so convinced in in Diane's reputation and her background, which is substantiated so far by our investigation, that they went out and they paid out of their good money for a private investigation firm to come in and look at this and take it where it leads it. So if we had found that Diane Schuler had left the five kids in the car and gone to a bar that day, we would be telling the Shuler family that's what we found. We haven't found that, Larry. And in all, all right. my years, and I, I will tell you that I spent eight years in the narcotics division, the New York City Police Department, making hundreds of arrests in my career. And I will tell you that I have never heard someone be able to tell me that when someone smoked pot and what their THC levels are and, and, and make that indicative that they smoke pot 15 to 30 minutes beforehand. I've never heard that in all my years, 31 years of investigating. I've never heard of that.
2: Uh, Jay Shuler, I want to ask you, do you support Daniel's quest to not go away and continue this fight? Absolutely, Larry. This isn't Diane. This isn't the Diane we know. Um, that to answer to all the families that, that are wondering why we're doing this, we're doing this because I, if that was their loved one, they would want this done too. This did not this isn't Diane. she's a wonderful mother, wonderful friend. And Diane would want us to do this to fight for her, to say that the, you know she can't rest in peace. We can't have her rest in peace until we can clear her and make this, you know try, make it happen. That's why we hired Tom. We have Dominic. This is what we want because we we can't we don't feel she can rest daniel what about this uh toothache question she's had a toothache for a
4: while a a good two months but dominic knows a lot more about it to mention there's a toothache is uh, she had an abscess in the right upper side of her mouth it was two months old that day she was looking for and we can prove some sort of medication. Right. I am not we- suggesting at all that the Ambisol or anything else is what turned into alcohol. That's the silliest comment anyone could think. But I will tell you how bad that abscess was. And that's what we want to look at, that that might have caused the TIA that we believe she had. Something oh. happened to this woman. Something created something that caused her to get back in that car.
2: Course uh, Tom to- Ruskin, Tom Ruskin, a veteran investigator, former police officer. What's your theory?
3: I don't know what my theory is as of yet. We have investigators out every single day taking down the route and going up and down that highway looking for any type of leads. What we do know is this at 1208, she had a phone conversation with her brother's family. And during that conversation, not only was Diane coherent, responsive, she was engaged. They were talking about future plans between the families. Diane was the only person on that two minute conversation from 1210. When that phone call ended to 1258, something happened, something changed because at 1258, when Emma, her nine year old niece engages her family in a conversation, she says that there's there's something wrong with aunt Diane, that Diane is confused diane is slurring they hear it in the background now something happened in that 48 minute period you have it's no theory de- it sort of defies logic that someone could consume 10 ounces right. 10 shots of alcohol Let's that's ask- one shot every right. five Let's minutes. Ask-
2: daniel what is your theory I what do you think had- happened to your wife i believe she had a stroke something to do with the teeth with the teeth
4: Larry, you have to remember now that what uh, our investigator has not told you yet, that we went to 30 bars, 30 liquor stores, not one person has ever come forward and said they ever saw Diane drink, not drunk,
3: drink. Larry, to the contrary, we have interviewed dozens and dozens and dozens of people who knew Diane, who worked with her, who were her bosses, who just knew her casually from stores and, and other things in the area in which they live. Not one person, not one, has ever seen her drunk, including her own family.
2: That okay. has to All raise,
3: right, that has to I raise you. your mind. I got, obviously.
0: Initial thoughts on that in a lovely interview. I
1: do have a lot of thoughts. Like, I mean, I feel like, sure, they had some valid points, but there was also some wildly invalid
0: points. And, um, I don't know. It's just... So okay, so they're one of the first the one thing that stands out to me is like they said, Oh, so much can happen in the 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. And like a shot every five minutes, if that's what she actually consumed in the 48 minutes, like I get it, it's a lot. She's just swigging it back if that's, that's the case. Yeah, like if you're sure thinking about it and she's like physically
1: pouring it into a shot glass. But if you're chugging from a bottle and it just, you know. I'm sure it wasn't exactly 10 ounces right on the fucking dot. If you were chugging from any bottle in itself, you're definitely taking a lot of what you would consider a shot size ounce down at a time. Yeah. So, yeah, 48 minutes is not that much time
0: if you're swigging from a bottle. Yeah, and for them to go to all those liquor stores and question them, like, I get the effort, but at the same time, like, they found a bottle – In the vehicle, so, like, she probably bought it before she went camping. The thing is, is why didn't they check more into that? Like, why didn't they look at, like, bank statements or, like, receipts? I guess if she bought it with cash. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems weird to me. And it would have more than likely had to have been at some
1: point of her departing from the camp place. So, like, if you went into all these places, supposedly, to see if they had ever seen Diane – drunk like I, that part didn't really i didn't get that wording there like yeah. she could have very well not been wasted why are the people at the liquor store watching her a uh, person drink usually you leave i guess they maybe they wanted to see if she frequented there yeah but like it was I, like, just, like, the the wording of it. Like, yeah, the way they were Or it. even to say, like, oh, that- well, we've never seen Diane here. Great. Well, how do you know that person was on shift every fucking totally. open business hour? Like, no. Yeah. It just – I think that the likely story is that she had had it from the camping trip, and when she packed up the vehicle, she had put it in there for whatever the purpose was to drink, or maybe she didn't have – about it until she couldn't get pain pills. Like if we're going on the abscess tooth, sure, you could be in a lot of tooth pain that it's maybe causing a migraine, which could cause vision issues, as you had mentioned before, that she complained and like, about. And
0: she had the abscess tooth for like seven weeks. Yeah. So the pain could have just been
1: so excruciating that she couldn't get any medication to treat it, that she smoked some weed and had some to drink because it wasn't going away. And if she smoked weed with an abscess, I don't think that probably felt very good. No, it probably didn't. Like, I mean, I've never had an abscess before, but I've had dry socket on both Mm -hmm. sides when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And it was – to breathe was absolutely terrible, let alone smoking. Yeah. I just – I couldn't imagine that that would feel good. And she was just probably trying to numb it. I mean, people do go to extreme measures when they're in pain. That's – if if you're going to take the abscess tooth, if we
0: aren't saying that she's, like, an alcoholic or whatever. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the other side of that is that she is an alcoholic
3: mm-hmm. and mixed
0: in with her trying to recover from the pain. So, if you want to kind of mix the well, two – Well, it's a coping mechanism, right? So, so, she's already maybe have a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. And in her head, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to drink more. to numb the pain of this tooth and then that's maybe why she was swinging it back Mm -hmm. because i am you know obviously i have a history of alcoholics in my in my family and otherwise and you don't always can tell when someone's drunk no people can be very natural and It's almost like when you see them sober, that's when you're thinking they're drunk because it's like an an unnatural state that you don't even see them in very much. Well, and most of the time, like when you
1: think about a drunk person, it's somebody you've seen like on the street or in a bar or whatever, and they're not like visibly and like proactively trying to hide their alcoholism. If you're trying to hide it, you're going to get pretty damn good at hiding it. Like if your own husband, if he truly – had no inkling that she was drinking or had a problem, then she was pretty fucking good totally. at hiding that she was wasted. Yeah. I saw the video of her walking into the convenience store, she and, did, like, she, she looked sober to me. She looked sober
0: to me, too. Like, you know, and she had so a conversation. So did she start drinking? Like, she had to start drinking right after that. Yeah. The thing is, it's like with the kids in the car, like, it's just so careless. Mm-hmm. Who, what kind of mother would make that decision? Like, that's just baffling to me.
1: Well, and that's the the struggle when you bring addiction into it, right? Because if yeah. she just truly doesn't see a problem with her alcoholism, it's very normal to her. And maybe the kids had never witnessed it. Like, if you're young – all those kids were young. Like They're under, like, nine, they, all of them. They weren't looking at it and thinking, hey, that looks like a vodka bottle. Like, yeah, they're, they're probably are. just wondering why their aunt and why their mom is – so thirsty, you know, like <laughs> she's just chugging her back and she probably didn't see the, the wrongness and what could possibly happen. Obviously, your analytical skills aren't very good when you're getting wasted. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is. It's it's really terribly sad and just totally shows how one mistake like that can change your life and change everybody's life.
0: Larry King's interview was on September 23rd. And then Oprah Winfrey's was like about a month later on October 27th. And hers is also really interesting. So we're just going to quickly listen to hers as well. I think her questions are a little bit more direct than Larry King's. Mm-hmm. So we can chat about what you think after. So uh, Thomas Ruskin is that
5: private investigator hired by Daniel Schuler, And he is joining us on Skype. So what does uh, Daniel believe happened then the day of that accident,
3: Thomas? Daniel doesn't know exactly what happened. The one thing he's convinced of from the day I met him, which was the day after the toxicology came out, is that alcohol and pot was not the cause of this accident. Daniel's convinced of that. When we were hired by the Shuler family, it was my mantra to go forward and determine what happened that day, no matter what it was. Every person that we've interviewed from high school through her adult life has told us they never saw Diane drunk. She occasionally did have a drink, but she would even, you know, mix it with additional mixers so she wasn't drunk.
5: Okay, so tell me this. Was there vodka? Was there a vodka bottle found in the car?
3: Yes, there was.
5: And how do we explain the vodka bottle in the car?
3: First, the vodka bottle was fractured during the accident. It was broken. So we don't know from an investigative standpoint, us or the state police, how much vodka was actually in that bottle. Did she consume from that bottle if she was drunk uh, or did she drink somewhere else? The way that the Schuler's family describes it is she did have a tendency to bring the bottle back and forth because during the week, Daniel would like to have a drink. And she was somewhat frugal. And the fact that they didn't keep alcohol in the house at all. uh uh, uh,
5: hold up Uh, a second she would bring the bottle back and forth where
3: from the campground that they spend weekends to the house in long island now if you're an alcoholic i mean this is my background in law enforcement if you're an alcoholic you have bottles hidden everywhere we searched their home we searched the camper we didn't find one bottle of alcohol used unused or otherwise so let's that's go the back to
5: let's go back let's go back to the point about the vodka because uh, i am and i can tell the audience is also confused about the vodka that she carried back and forth for him to drink at, while correct. they were at the campgrounds
3: that, that's right now, and, and that's he, and we reasonably believe that's the bottle that was in the car they used to keep one bottle behind the tv while they were there so daniel could have a drink occasionally while they were up at the camper,
5: so why wouldn't the bottle then be there at the camper?
3: because Diane had a tendency because she was frugal because they that bottle would last seven, eight, nine months to carry it back and forth. The police how big not, a bottle was it how, I, I think it was i I don't know because the bottle was broken, but it's my understanding it was a liter bottle
5: uh-huh well. I, well, I think that, you know, you can determine by the size of the pieces of the glass how big the bottle actually was.
3: Yeah, I, I believe it was a regular liter bottle.
5: Okay. So since the official police report has not been released, what do you base your information on about Diane Schuler?
3: Well, I mean, we have interviewed countless people. I think we're up to 53, 57 people that we've interviewed along the way. What we do know is this, that at Diane leaves the campground. She takes the kids. She kisses Daniel goodbye. Daniel kisses the kids goodbye. And they proceed in their own separate cars towards eventually meeting up at their home in Long Island. Diane stops with the kids at McDonald's and has a meal. Now, state police have told us that they interviewed the people who waited on them in the McDonald's and said that she was absolutely normal. We know what she purchased in the McDonald's. She's seen leaving the McDonald's on the video and appears to be fine. What our investigators found is that thereafter, she went to a gas station in close proximity, filled up the car with gas. And then we have a video of her walking inside the convenience store and trying to purchase an over-the-counter pain medicine, gel caps. And the way we know that is we interviewed the store clerk, who didn't even know was Diane Schuler.
5: Okay, let me ask you this then. How do you, as an investigator, explain the toxicology report with high levels of marijuana in Diane's system? How do you explain that?
3: I can't explain it, but what I will tell you is what we are doing is I want to determine if those results are correct. There's nothing to assume that they're not correct.
5: Well, the Shuler family obviously doesn't believe that report.
3: They absolutely Daniel Schuler does not and the Shuler family does not believe that report. They believe that a mistake has to have been made. It is the family's position that something else caused Diane's death. Daniel's convinced beyond any doubt that this is not the woman he was married to for eight years. He well, never I, saw her drunk.
5: Okay, well, as he a, never saw her drunk. Okay, I think that's an interesting statement that he says he used the term drunk. He used the term
3: uh, drunk. He, and intoxicated. I mean, I'm using the word drunk. Yeah, but you no, know, he, he, used, he used her in his statement, own,
5: yeah. I never saw her drunk. My question right. is, has he ever seen her drinking?
3: Oh, yeah. He, she's had drinks. She had, a, she had uh, drinks at family functions occasionally, and, but she would have, like, a portion of one drink. Because the no truth is, as
5: you know, as you know, as an investigator, different people— with different levels of intoxication, handle it differently. And not everybody is a falling down, you know, can't walk, can't talk or speak drunk. And That's as true. you know, as a private investigator, and as we're going to talk about later on in the show, there are many people who have secrets that they hide and they keep from their families and they keep from, you know, other people who know them. Is it possible that D- Daniel Schuler is in denial?
3: I don't believe he's in denial. I believe if she was a drinker, which is not what our evidence has shown thus far. When I came into it, I really did suspect that we might find that. That's not what our evidence has shown thus far. Your evidence Joan has shown Patrick,
5: what? What is your our, evidence our, shown?
3: Well, this this is what we do know. At 1137, Emma Hance, her niece, makes a call to her family and has, engages her father in a conversation in which she says that they're running a little late. At Jackie Hance, her her, uh, sister-in-law, calls and engages Diane in a conversation. And Diane is coherent, she is responsive, and she is engaging. They are talking about future family plans. At 12.58, 48 minutes later, Emma makes a call from the same cell phone to her family saying, there's something wrong with Aunt Diane. There's something Aunt Diane is having trouble seeing. She's having trouble talking, and she is confused and lost. Diane is in the background, heard. She doesn't know where she is. Now, that's 48 minutes that she's traveling along with the kids. It is inconceivable that someone could consume 8 to 10 ounces and metabolize that within the 48-minute period. So something possibly other than alcohol could be a contributory factor to this accident.
5: Brian, their five-year-old son, is the only survivor. How is he doing? Brian's doing well.
3: I mean, Brian suffered very severe injuries. He broke his leg. He broke his arms. He's a normal five-year-old boy who is recovering from very severe head trauma. But uh, I saw Brian just last week, and he was playing. He wanted to go out and play ball. So he's recovering, but he does have some of the uh, effects from the accident.
5: We'll be right back.
0: I know it was a little repetitive, and there's some information, but I thought I thought it would still be good for everyone to hear.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think she had like a little bit more of a hands-on interview. If anything, she asked lots of
0: good questions, and yeah, challenged. Oh, for sure, sure. Yeah, and if you want to check out the video on YouTube, like they're just there, and I think that one's interesting because you can tell that Oprah just is like. Not having it, mm-hmm. personally. <laughs> well, and I think on Ruskin's side, too, like, he's
1: – obviously, he's hired by Diane's husband. and Like, it's his job to stand yeah. by what he's preaching. Exactly. Like, I mean, he's not going to say absolutely no alcohol, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. But he's going to try to defend her character in the whole
0: situation, so, I the mean. The thing is, is, like – Yes, there's a possibility that there was an empty, absolute vodka bottle in the trunk, and in the accident, it got to the front of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. And yes, that is a lot of alcohol to consume in 48 minutes and metabolize. But if there is a possibility that she was a closeted alcoholic, Mm -hmm. then she could have been drinking prior to that. Mm -hmm. Yes, the McDonald's person and the campground co-owner both said that she looked sober, and that's at nine a.m. and then again at what? At like eleven thirty? But mm-hmm. we're talking like this is one thirty. Like mm-hmm. she could have been drinking the whole time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking too as it was playing. Like he had made a comment about at the beginning there of Oprah's that she had like mixed drinks or whatever so that she wouldn't get drunk. I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. Have you never had a screwdriver before? Like and she got orange juice at McDonald's. Yeah, and so literally like. <laughs> A mixed drink could get you drunk as taking a f- a fucking shot by itself. Like you usually put an ounce
0: into a mixed drink. So I'm not really sure, like what the, he was trying the to mixes get at. To enhance the flavor, it doesn't necessarily no. make you less drunk. No,
1: it it just <laughs> if she's sucking it back. Like say she goes to McDonald's and she gets an orange juice, like you said. She has a history of mixed drinks. Like, if you want to try to deconnect the dots, you can reconnect them pretty easily. Like, (laughs) she could have easily just dumped a bit out and then just poured a ton of vodka in there. She could have just simply used it as chase. Exactly. And another thought that I had, because they had mentioned – how when they searched the house, like how alcoholics oh, usually yeah. are hiding
0: bottles and I was blah gonna bring blah blah, up, blah yeah. right? So it's just it's like – such a ridiculous generalized statement. Yes, that that is such a stigma. You like that not is that is person. not true. If people only really knew, do you know what I mean? Like, there no person with addictions is exactly like any other person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter if there's no textbook. No, it is not the same. There are a wide spectrum of people that have drinking problems. And to Mm -hmm. just say, like, oh, every alcoholic I've ever seen has bottles laying all over the place. Like, the look on our faces when we – like, it's that's
1: ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And – you want to go on the claim of, okay, well, she didn't have any stash in the house. Okay, well, I can say that – Daniel was – Daniel could have hidden them.
0: Yeah, or – It's not like you like tore off the house and said that he couldn't go in there. Or
1: maybe she didn't keep it in the house and maybe the vodka bottle wasn't from the campsite and maybe it was under her passenger seat the whole time because that's where she drank. Like, I mean, literally, you yeah. want to claim – Dumb shit like that. Totally. Just flip the coin. Like, it could have been under her fucking passenger seat the whole time. And that's where she drinks. Yeah. Like, you you can't deconnect it and try to just break it all down like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is what it is. And people make fucking mistakes and people had to lose their life over it. It's just – You can't sugarcoat that kind of shit.
0: No. Daniel did later come clean – And admit that Diane and him were drinking during the camping trip. I know, shocking, right? But deny that Diane had anything to drink the day of the crash. And as I said, the campground co-owner and the McDonald's person and the gas station employees all said that she appeared sober. Mm -hmm. Then they had conversations with her and she seemed fine. And in case you're curious, they hired Ruskin for about $30,000. And he did in bra- September. It was reported that yeah, he interviewed everyone and that they had never seen Diane in a drunken state. Mm-hmm. I loved Oprah's question when she was like, "Okay, did anyone ever they see never her seen drinking?" Her drunk, but what about take a drink? Like, <laughs> yeah. So in the autopsy results, Ruskin brings this up that it did show an absence of any organ damage that's often found in alcoholics, but. Like, that does not rule out alcoholism entirely. Everyone mm-hmm. also has different livers. hmm And just to say, she could be a very recent alcoholic. That's exactly right. It doesn't mean it's prolonged exposure. What if her and Daniel were, like, doing really awful in the marriage and she had only really had a drinking problem last, like, six months? Or hell, two months Or hell, seven weeks since she
1: started with her pain from her abscess tooth. Really? And realized that alcohol would alleviate
0: her pain. Yeah. That's the whole thing is, does anyone know how long it takes for an alcoholic to be an alcoholic? Like, Mm -hmm. really, you can have a negative relationship with alcohol within really a few days. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, people might not categorize that as an alcoholic, but maybe to someone, that is. Like, people who don't drink and maybe are never around drinking and, like, you know – they grow up really not around alcohol, mm-hmm. and then they start drinking a whole week straight. To them, that's probably like a huge problem. Yeah. To us, it's like, wow, shit, I went on a
1: bender this day. Well, and some <laughs> people look at people that have a glass of wine with dinner and consider them an alcoholic.
0: Totally. People are like, oh, if you have a drink every day, like you're an alcoholic. Yeah. And I'm like – It's all a matter of opinion. Totally. agree. So Daniel did deny any reports that his wife did drugs. I hate calling weed a drug, by the way. So it did say that she started to smoke weed occasionally, and that she just used it to relieve insomnia. But later in November, Diane's sister-in-law came out and was a little rat and said that she actually smoked weed on a regular basis. I cannot. It was a little rat. Like holy crap! Well, come on, like just let it rest. Yes. She just fucking narking on her. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm definitely not trying to side w- with Diane at all. No, but as someone as a frequent weed smoker, the amount that they're talking about this THC is like, well, how high was she really? Like, yeah, we watched Kendall Ray's video on YouTube earlier about the case, and even she said. You know, mo- when if you're just high, mm-hmm. you're usually more careful mm-hmm. and going slower. Very few high people are going to speed down a freeway at 137 <laughs> kilometers an hour. And to boot,
1: look calm. Yeah, like I'm telling New you stress. right now, I can't. I couldn't get into a vehicle ever, ever if I was stoned. Like. Obviously, illegal, but, like, I mean, if you're thinking about – I just couldn't. My anxiety would be fucking busting me up, and I'd be, like, going probably 20 kilometers an hour thinking that I was going 1,000 kilometers an hour, <laughs> That's true. and I'd be gripping the wheel like I'm in back-to-fucking-future. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, there's no way that I'd be, like, do while cars are fucking beaming
0: at me and yeah. I'm in oncoming traffic. I'd be shitting my pants. Yeah. And like I said, if she, if her abscess tooth was as bad as she said it was, there's no fucking way that she smoked that much weed. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would hurt. Unless, like, maybe it was an edible or something. Like, I don't know in what form it was because guess what? They've never come out and said that they found any weed, by the way. Mm -hmm. So, like, to me, the whole THC comments are ridiculous. Like, she was found pulled over. People saw her vomiting on the side of the highway twice, okay? She's not greening out. She's chugging the alcohol and feeling sick and puking it up. Mm-hmm. She just had McDonald's and then she chugged some absolute vodka. She's puking. A
1: mm-hmm.
0: hundred She's puking on the side of the parkway. <clears throat> the fact that people called and reported that also, I would be so embarrassed if I was just like hungover driving home and puked and people are like, <laughs> hi, 911, there's a woman probably puking on the side of the road. <laughs> the same and not stop at that yeah they're just like the horror and yeah, are like what? <laughs> like in this case like yes it's great that people called into 9 but if someone calls in every single time they see someone pulled over on the side of the road puking it's like they said it was like matter of minutes yes yeah, like four people <laughs> like what <laughs> they're just so concerned but not enough to stop it's true So Daniel and his lawyer, Barbara, um, he's the one that was talking in the Larry King interview, and he was the very New York sounding one. He had a very, like, obnoxious. That was Barbara? The guy on the end that he had a lot. Tanned guy? He he was very tanned. Um, for anyone who does go watch that video, he's the very tanned (laughs) one. Um, but he was the one that kind of had, like, the most obnoxious voice. And so he they believe New York. Yeah, exactly. So he believed that Diane drove erratically due to some medical issue, like they thought, like a stroke, and that according to Barbara, he just comes out and goes, "Well, Diane was obese for much of her life, and you know she really suffered from diabetes." But then they looked into it, and she only ever had gestational diabetes, which is just a diabetes you get when you're pregnant. Yes, and it can turn into
1: like prolonged diabetes type 1 type yeah. 2 but in it, this case it didn't it, did. it was just while she was pregnant and like and only through- the kids
0: were in the vehicle not in her belly <laughs> yeah so. um barbara also mentioned the abscess tooth that's been in there for seven weeks and that apparently she had a lump in her leg and he stated that this could be some sort of embolism now i'm just gonna let you know he's an attorney not a doc and not a doctor so but the autopsy stated that she did not suffer a stroke and aneurysm or any cardiac arrest and they can definitely determine all three of those mm-hmm. very easily in an autopsy yeah you'd be able to see the clot like totally In September, New York's top forensic pathologist said that they should do a hair test and that that would determine Diane's drug history. After this statement, Daniel and Barbara announced that they were planning on exhuming the body to perform the hair test and other examinations. This was like the fluids and stuff like that and other things on the body. It seems strange because they had already done these two tests from two different labs and they came to the exactly the same conclusion. So they wanted to test the fluid samples because of her blood alcohol and THC levels, but they said that this could be reduced if the fluid samples were not properly stored and they have to be stored in a very specific way. So they're like, if you test it and it's lower, it might be like a storage issue. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So on November 7th, Ruskin announced that the Schuler family had raised money to actually retest the fluids because they hadn't had enough money and all the tissue samples and everything, and that it would be retesting the place soon. So not until the next July. They hadn't done anything yet. This is about a year after the accident. It's finally reported that Daniel accepted $100,000 from a film company called Moxie Firecracker Films to record his wife's exhumation for an HBO documentary, and then the money reportedly went into a trust for Brian. So there is an HBO documentary, which it's called There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane, and I did not watch it. I've watched clips of it. Is it on Crave, then? I think it is on Crave. And so I felt like the documentary is about if they – is they really push the – not drunk. Yeah, the not drunk thing. And then at the end, it, they exhume her body and it's the same test results. So it's like, dun dun dun. So Daniel's persistence with his wife's innocent was really starting to piss people off. I think it's pissing us off at this point, Mm -hmm. especially the relatives of the Trailblazer victims. And this is the Bastardi family. And at this point, they're like pissed. They're like, you're basically discounting this like tragic thing that happened Mm -hmm. every single time you bring it up and you're going on TV, you're bringing up like really harsh feelings. Like the whole, their family was just ruined in like Mm -hmm. a split second. So. Daniel appeared on Larry King, and this is when later on in that interview that we played, he demands testing on his wife's remains. And they, the Bastardi family released a statement shortly after the Larry King interview went live, and they said, I want Daniel Schuler to know that he keeps inflicting more pain on all concerned once again by going to the media and try to paint a picture of a perfect wife and mother. And so the family's lawyer ended up calling... Daniel's position, totally outrageous, an insult to the intelligence of the American public and a hoax. After that, Ruskin was the only one who went on the Oprah Winfrey show, and I think Daniel was actually meant to go on that show, but Ruskin did tell reporters later that Daniel avoided any media appearances after the Larry King show, out of respect for the Bastardy family. Good for him, Mm -hmm. I guess. So, in June 2010, they received the official final report from the New York State Police on the accident after 11 months of analysis, and the report upheld the previous toxicology findings that Diane was highly intoxicated and had high levels of THC in her system at the time of the accident. Shocking. Yeah. Even when he exhumed the body, it was exactly the same findings. Like, nothing else different has ever been found, no matter how much there's been any testing. Mm -hmm. So, according to the Westchester County Medical Examiner, the crash was actually ruled a homicide because the victims were killed due to Diane Schuler's negligent driving, regardless of the toxicology findings. But obviously, because Diane's not here anymore to receive a charge penalty, yeah, yeah, like- no charges are filed. But in October two thousand and nine, there is a DA, the District Attorney, and her name is Janet DeFuria, and she faced accusations. From the Bastardi family, uh, because they thought that she mishandled the case because she didn't get a grand jury together
1: to to investigate the crash.
0: And prosecute
1: a dead person.
0: Yeah. I think that they were trying to go after Diane's estate, and we'll get into Mm -hmm. that really quick here. So Janet, she won the re-election that month, even though it was like kind of a scandalous deal Mm -hmm. during the election time. And the Bastardi family said that if she didn't convene a grand jury, that they would seek support in the matter from the state attorney general and the governor to get her to do it. Nothing ever came of it though. So right after this, the Bastardi family actually wanted an administrator to be appointed to Diane's estate so that a lawsuit could be filed against it. And Daniel officially declined the role in November, 2009. So this left County court judge to appoint a public administrator. I assume that he did that so he can't be sued and it's just her estate, maybe, but I'm sure that's all legalities. On December 10th, the Bastardi family filed a suit against Diane and her brother Warren. And he was only included because he's the registered owner of the vehicle, like insurance, right? But they were seeking unspecified damages for willful and reckless conduct. And in July 2011, Jackie Hance, who lost her three daughters in the accident, filed a suit against Daniel, her brother-in-law, and the suit claimed that the three deceased girls suffered terror, fear of impending death, extreme horror, fright, and mental anguish. And then on July 26, 2011, very shortly after, this is the day after the premiere of the HBO documentary, and on the second anniversary of the crash, Daniel sued the state of New York for not keeping the road safe. And his brother-in-law, Warren Hans as the owner of the minivan that Diane was driving. Again, it's just... Insurance. Insurance. Purpose. And then July 2014, so three years later, all of them are dropped. So none of them went anywhere. Everyone's just suing everyone. If you didn't even follow those last three things I said, just anyone that could possibly sue anyone else was sued. But it didn't go anywhere. No. And
1: like, with no offense purposes... Meant, but like, this is the United States. <laughs> this is very commonly known for people in the US that j- they just like, they can sue people for dumbass shit. Not saying that everybody does, but like, up here in Canada, like, you just can't fucking go and slap a lawsuit on somebody because <laughs> they threw a rock onto your yard. Like,. <laughs> This they just accept dumbass claims totally,
0: and they like they're entertaining, and I don't think they really go anywhere. No, like with this, like what the (laughs) hell? So in October two thousand and nine, New York Governor David Patterson he actually proposed the the Child Passenger Protection Act, which would make it a felony to drive while intoxicated if a passenger under sixteen is in the vehicle. The fact that that, like, <laughs> when we watched that video, my
1: face was just mass confusion. You're like, it's not a felony already. Yeah, like, what? It's ridiculous. How about anyone? I don't care if they're under 16 or not. Se- what? 17 and you're suddenly, it's not a yeah. felony?
0: They're like, oh, whatever. Don't yeah. matter. You should have told them. Yeah. <laughs> So this proposal became known as Leandra's Law, and this was following the October 2009 death of an 11-year-old Leandra Risotto, and she was a passenger in a vehicle, and the driver was drunk, and the Child Passenger Protection Act was signed into New York Law on November 18, 2009, which it should have been just yeah. before the before. Jackie and Warren Hance, they're the ones that lost the three girls. They did end up forming a foundation called the Hance Family Foundation, and their main purpose is to honor the lives of their three daughters by ensuring healthy, happy, and safe children through innovative self-esteem educational programming. The foundation's central project is called Beautiful Me, and it's like a self-esteem program designed to educate girls by promoting appreciation for their genuine qualities, accurate self-awareness, and the satisfaction of helping others. So I think that's really nice. Hmm. And they stayed together, Yeah, which I think is, is commemorable. And they did have another kid.
1: Yeah, without being in that situation ever. And I personally have it myself, but it does put a lot of stress on a relationship and your family gets torn apart. You end up sometimes blaming people for things that were completely out of their control. And I just think it shows that – they obviously did care about each other and were able it to. It must hold have been like together. really
0: hard for Warren because, yeah. on one hand, it's like it's his sister. Yeah. But it's like she did something awful. Mm-hmm. And
1: because of her actions. Yeah. You start overanalyzing everything that you did prior. Like, but like her- she left.
0: Like he was on his way to where she was. Mm-hmm. And if she had just simply waited, everyone would be alive. And that's the thing is like, mm-hmm. why did she drive away? And leave her phone there. It just doesn't – a lot of things just
1: don't make any sense. And we talked about this earlier about the fear like uh, that a parent must and they must have felt when they spoke to their children on the phone and were aware that something was wrong. And just not being able to do anything about it, everything is out of your control, would just be traumatizing for every minute of the rest
0: of your life. Yeah, and like I said before, she must have unbuckled them at the last stop that they mm-hmm. had, or even the stop before. But I'm saying, like, while she's driving in a van, there's no way she could have got to the back seat, obviously. No. So, like, she had to have willingly unbuckled them and not unbuckled, like, buckled them back in. Mm-hmm. Which is just such, like, we're both not mothers, but I know that's, like, a natural routine. Like, that's – Well, and I have young brothers, too, and, like, totally. I take them to
1: school every day, and there's no way – that I would let them be in
0: the vehicle without a seatbelt on. Yeah. Just not a chance. I even tell people when they get in my car and I'm like an adult with other adults. Mhm. Right? So like I don't know like I feel it's it is super weird, but it's not weird enough for me to think that an abscessed tooth could have done that. Mm-hmm. I think she genuinely was drinking because the toxicology results just don't lie. Mhm. Like they just don't lie. No. So there have been lots of reports on this in the media throughout the years. Uh, Dr. Phil did do an episode where he talked about drunk driving moms and it really heavily featured Diane's story. And then as we know, Oprah Winfrey also had an episode on there with Tom Ruskin. And then there is the HBO documentary called there's something wrong with aunt Diane. And yeah, like basically it starts by suggesting that Diane was suffering from a tooth abscess and was self-medicating and that she was in the state of delirium due to the pain but towards the end, they interview Ruskin because Daniel and the other Schuler family has stated that Ruskin didn't call them for nine months to tell them the results. But Ruskin comes on the documentary and denies this and states that he actually called them months ago with the results and that basically they wouldn't call them back. And he corroborated all the previous tests and the Schuler family still denies the results. Jackie Hance, she ends up writing a book called I'll See You Again, and she actually, like, talks about the tragedy and focusing on initial grief and then, like, later her reemergence into life. And I'm sure that's, like, a heavy read. hmm For sure. And then the last little point I have here, which I thought was just interesting, is that Stephen King actually wrote a short story called Herman Woke is still alive, and it's in his horror fiction anthology called The Bizarre of Bad Dreams, which was released in 2015. And according to King, the story is directly based on the Taconic State Parkway crash. Interesting, Very interesting. But yeah, like, it's a weird one.
1: It is super weird. Like, there are a lot of factors to it. But like you said, the toxicology report just...
0: It doesn't lie. It's science. It is. And there's and just – I get it. I get you don't want to believe it. I I get it. Like, denial and grief together are, like, very hard. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I hope that he just started grieving over the loss of his daughter and his mm-hmm. wife. Because your son probably really needs you. Mm-hmm. And you should just be focusing on that. Well,
1: and I mean, like – If he truly had no idea that she was drinking and, like, whatever, I get that he's just trying to uphold the view of his wife in her passing and stick up for her as that's obviously what he felt was the right thing to do. Yeah, didn't want her, like, character to be tarnished. Exactly, because, you know, that's somebody that he loves and had a relationship with, but there also comes a point when
0: you just – there's not much you can do. Yeah, I think – the public probably would have responded a little bit better if he just came out and was like, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, nope, it's not that. And, like, I get it. Like, man, like, they probably lived in a really tight-knit community. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Like, all these lives are lost. But, like, how do you come back from that? Like, how do you just come out and say, it's anything but she's drunk. Mm-hmm. Not not a chance. No. I don't know. Like, and, and I think
1: the, the marijuana thing too, like if we're looking at what it was like and what it was looked at at that point, I mean, it's not the well, same like as it now, now at all. Like it really was viewed as a drug and especially in the United States was like punishable quite severely. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and like know, I said, there's no – There's no indication how high the THC levels were. So someone Mm – a report that I'm looking at saying she had high THC levels. Well, how high? Yeah. Because back in 2009, that might have been considered a really high dosage for someone. Mm -hmm. And if she genuinely was a chronic smoker – It impacts people differently. She had probably a pretty high tolerance. Yeah.
1: Well, and yeah, it's exactly that. And it's the same thing with alcoholism as well when it comes into play. I handle liquor really well, but I handle weed very, very poorly. Like when it comes (laughs) to a tolerance level, like one hoot and I'm zooted. So I mean, but then with yourself, like you just don't have that same reaction and you might be able to get drunk a lot faster than I can. Totally. So, you know, it's just, it's all these different factors when it comes into play. But when it comes down to it, she did have some, traces of THC and had alcohol in her system. And you can't deny that. Like there's no videos or anything of record that shows that she was stopped in a fucking light and somebody just put a gun, like a a gun to her mouth and had a tube with alcohol. (laughs) And at the same time she was hitting a bong. Like, you know what I mean? It's just those types of things weren't recorded. And it's just, it's a very confusing thing. And it is. we just will never have all the answers to it, unfortunately.
0: No, for sure. Yeah, it's really sad. And, you know, there are some reports online that people thought that she was maybe doing a suicide attempt. And after researching it, I just, I just don't really see any evidence see that of that. Either. I don't either. I think it was a very unfortunate accident. The motive as to why she was drinking is something, yeah, we'll never know. And totally, like, based on what I've read and what we heard – it does seem very out of character mm-hmm. for her. Like I, 100%, agree with you. But at some point or another, she drank alcohol, mm-hmm. and it could not. It might not even been that vodka in there. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Did they test the bottle to see who was the last person to drink out of it? Like was the That's top? That's what I was thinking too. The like top did you was see? intact. Did you see like
1: it had a lid on it, obviously? Did you take the lid off and you swab it to see if someone's saliva was around the rim of it? Did was there a McDonald's cup of orange juice that you could test something on scene to yeah. know if it had any alcohol in it? Like there's lots
0: of things, also, especially from transactions. Yeah. If someone's an alcoholic, they're probably buying a lot of liquor. Mm-hmm. And you would be able to see that on their debit card. At yeah. least. Unless unless, yeah, she, back in those days Maybe she was paying a lot in cash. I don't know. But, like, did they look to really, like – And even to disprove it, like, Ruskin could have easily
1: went and requested this evidence to be tested for the saliva around the bottle or to prove that the McDonald's cup didn't have alcohol in it. Like, there is lots of different things that just weren't mentioned. I mean, maybe they were done and were never released to the public. Totally. But I just – I think that there is a lot of things that could have gone to – prove it further or disprove it whatever it might be i don't know it's it is just a very sad. very it's very sad and very confusing thing and i think back to the point that we mentioned about maybe how i had said
0: she could have just picked it up for treating her abscess tooth totally. like yeah it's it's true like that's it anything at this point is a possibility because you're just never going to get the answers
1: no and and handling of alcohol maybe she Went into the place because that was the last spot that they saw her on video was at the convenience store, unable to get access to some sort of over-the-counter pain medication. And was like, I'll just have a few shots. Exactly. And just get home. It's worked for me before when I was in a pinch or whatever. And she just underestimated the amount of how
0: she'd be able to handle her liquor. Like, it's all these what ifs. The thing is that the one perplexing thing that will always be there is why she didn't stay on the side of the road and just wait. Mm-hmm. My only thing is that she didn't want her brother to see how drunk she was. Mm-hmm. And maybe she didn't leave her phone on purpose. Maybe, yeah, maybe she, like she fell out of her pocket or whatever. Slated.
1: Just dropped it. Yeah. Or maybe because the little girl had called her dad that she was like, you
0: can't do that again. Throws yeah, throws it out the window. Can't call him now. You know, like just – It so, could be so many things, like really. But the only thing I can come to is that she had to have left the side of the road and not waited for her brother to be like, oh shit. Yeah. I, it's hard too because you kind of like when
1: you pick up a thought, you then cross over with something else that you've heard. Like I always think back to people's visual of what she looked like when she was – Head on to them. How she just looked calm and wasn't in a panic. Like, you just think, what someone's state of mind? And, and, and like, if she, I was she wasted. She had to have not I known. Know.
0: She was, it even just, in the wrong lane, she was like, oh, everything's coolio. La-di-da. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't Which get Which must it. have just been, like, really
1: scary for the kids. And like, Even if she was having visual issues. Like, like, like I'd I mean, be like, oh, I don't know, fucking
0: waving my hand in <laughs> front
1: of my face or something. Like, not just...
0: Calmly driving like 10 down two, the road. Yeah, yeah. Ten and two hands on the wheel. Which okay, I thought was very interesting that someone actually said that because that means she wasn't holding the vodka bottle and mm-hmm. like she wasn't holding anything. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like very interesting for someone to say that, which means she had both of her hands on the vehicle as the crash happened. Mm-hmm. She had to have been impaired to an extent at
1: that point to not know yeah. what she was doing to pass those signs. To be going the speed that she was, like, i th- if you're inebriated, those things do kind of go by the wayside. Yeah. And you think you're driving normal. And you're definitely not. No. <laughs> no. And, like, I mean, in all seriousness, I've been behind the wheel very early on in my driving history, and I'm not proud to say it, but, like, you do think you're doing just a fine job. Or other people that you maybe have been in a car with, and you're like, holy fuck, this person's, like, swerving. Like, is this safe? Am I – should I
0: have not believed what they had said to me? Yeah. You know, it's just – Totally. It just, like, one one decision can just yeah domino effect and, like, ruin not only your own life, but so many other people's. A hundred percent. And I feel very sorry for the Bastardi family, because they – like, really, it's no closure.
1: No, and it just kept getting brought up and brought up. Like, I get it's
0: their like meaning of, leave it alone. of being
1: upset. It's Yeah. You know, not only having to not be able to turn on your TV because you don't know if there's going to be another damn interview where you're being reminded of your loved one's passing. But obviously, reporters and shit are going to show up at your house, so you can't even just not turn the TV on. Yeah. You can't go to the grocery store. Your whole life is just – completely dug up and destroyed. Yeah. So I mean, if anyone listens to this and takes anything from it, it's like, seriously, just think about stuff before you do it. Yeah. I, w- I will never I won't even have one drink and get behind the wheel of a vehicle ever, ever again.
0: Yeah, it definitely teaches you a lesson. Mm-hmm. Not everyone. There's people no who have like 20 DUIs and they should just not be around a vehicle like literally (laughs) ever ever. but no for sure I think this case is really sad but I'm happy it got recommended to like it's a really good one to like hash out and it is because it's really like yes there's a conclusion but To some people, there's not, because it is very weird. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, everyone, it's Quickly Editing, Vicky over here, and I just wanted to let you know that there will be some bloopers at the end. I forgot to include that in the episode when we were recording, so stay tuned.
1: Yes, I want to say thank you to Devin for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This was, like, obviously much less of a... Controversial <laughs> subject than the last
0: time. Like, I know I got a little heated on the Robert Picton. <laughs> Everyone so. liked it. No one said anything. Okay, good. Really good. So, if, <laughs> if you want to catch up on the Instagram, then it's at Murder Sandwich Podcast, at Murder Sandwich Podcast. <laughs> and yeah, I, we will have a new episode in two weeks. Woohoo! See you then. Like, oh. very. What the <laughs> hell was that? So I like thought I- was starting to. I it was a duck. I was so confused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, was I, like, wish was- I wish that was on video because the fucking shit that just got scared out of you and I was hilarious.